let's repeat the sequence. A bit shorter now. So the first one is to take your seat with the confidence that awake loving awareness is already here. So you take the posture as confirmation of your own awakeness. The posture is a confirmation of your Buddha nature. Knowing that right now, as always, there is countless people in the presence of the Divine. Knowing, experiencing that they are in the presence of the Divine always. So if you assume this posture, you're never alone. You can always enter the field. And then, as best as you can, as best as possible, to experience safety, refuge, experiencing being held. And we did that through the experience of Earth, through the experience of connection. can become aware of a heart connection between us, coming together in the spirit of bodhicitta, in the spirit of compassion, with a yearning to grow up and to wake up, and then to show up in the world, show up in the world not from the mini-me, but from awake awareness, for the benefit of all. And then thirdly, we call upon the presence of all the people who are sitting here with us and have been sitting here since beginning this time. All the protectors and mentors, guardian angels, Jesus, whatever works for you, the divine, God, the beloved, And uh, with that sliding really into the experience that you are sitting in a sacred space, always. That you are always walking and sitting on holy ground. The deepest sense of safety we can experience is the experience of our true nature, which is awake awareness. Because there's nobody there anymore who could be threatened. Any sense of unsafety comes from the sense that there's someone here who needs to who needs to be protected. That there's someone here who to whom something terrible could happen. So in the experience of awake awareness, that sense of the center, that sense of that me, of that I, which we are so worried about, 
just drops away. And there's nothing to protect anymore. And uh, we started uh, with some shamatha practice and that makes sometimes sense to kind of settle the mind and the body. Uh, and it can be any kind of object. So, so I invited you into the whole body breathing, but it can be also the breathing, the sensation in your nostrils or or any, any sensation in your body, pleasant or unpleasant, or it can be also loving-kindness meditation, or it doesn't matter. And then in the last part, dropping the ball, stopping to meditate in a way, and sliding into just sitting, uh, sliding into just beingness, and and relaxing the grasping, relaxing the different movements of your mind to get something or to get rid of something, to relax that. And that's something nobody can really explain how to do it, but it is, so dropping the ball is, is just like that, and, and you can do it. And we can always drop the engagement with the content of our experience. But how, or what's, what's supposed to happen there, that's something you need to figure out. I'm not sure if anyone can explain it better. So our mind can, can either get involved in trying to do something with the content or not. And we can allow this non-doing to emerge only when we feel safe. Because otherwise we will continue to make this moment better than it is, or different than it is. Otherwise we always continue to hope that there's something in the future, something we, which, which we don't have, which finally makes us complete. And it is this kind of seeking, which is the function of the narrative self, to keep its apparent existence continuous and that seeking covers up the fullness of this moment. The search for home covers up that we are never left, that, that, that we never left home. Searching home is that which prevents us to be here, in home. So that's 
and sit with that quietly. All the posture shifting again into present moment awareness. Shifting from the head into the body, from the doing mode into being. And experiencing Earth. How the surface you're sitting upon, Mother Earth, is supporting each layer of your body. And then with the out-breath, relaxing into being carried, being held. Your heart reaching out into the group field, into our heart connection. field of presence or stillness which arises when we sit quietly together, protected by the Buddhas, protected by the awakened ones. symbols of your own true nature. And sitting in the glow of essence love, of loving awareness with your whole body. Again, deepening your breath a little, bringing the flow of the in and out breath to the foreground. I'm breathing, I'm alive. appreciating that you are happening. And with the in-breath sliding into the body and with the out-breath, you follow the out-breath into space, into openness, pausing with the gap after the out-breath, moment of groundlessness, 
then focusing the mind again a little with in-breath. Receiving the in-breath. interest in the radio station of the Mimi. Or what about me channel? And spacious aliveness. And sounds, sensations, feelings, thoughts, may Come and go and you dance with the breath. Only making a small movement back to the breath if you get sucked in or carried away. By stories. And then sliding into non-meditation, just sitting, being aware that you are aware, being conscious that you are conscious. Shifting or dissolving into the background, into awareness. Thing as awareness. 
resting as the empty, knowing presence, to which your life happens, to which this moment happens, within which this moment arises and passes. the grasping, neither adding nor taking away, a radical allowing which has already happened, you just need to notice it. A, radi a radical love which has already happened. the sky, boundaryless and centerless, timeless, peace, wholeness, to be different than it is. Experiencing that you have everything you need to be complete. To come to the end of seeking. Sensations and sounds, they pass like sky, like clouds. Rest is that which remains. Rest is that which is prior to the rising. And which is unaffected by that which arises, like the sky is unaffected by birds or clouds or planes, you're the sky, be the sky, be the heart like the sky.
and whatever arises within you is already infinitely loved. you get too much involved, one can return a bit to a shamatha practice with the breath or with your hands, but then opening again into that which is aware. something which prevents you to open, just drop the ball. Just drop the ball. Then sliding out, taking your time, maybe change your posture or if you have your eyes closed, you open them, but stay on your seat as an awakened being. Recognizing that also the visual experience is an appearance with an awareness and consciousness like a dream. And also appreciating that uh, it happens easy when we open our eyes that we collapse back into the identification with the body. There seems to be a localized me suddenly looking out through your eyes into a world which is separate from you. And that is a distortion of reality. 
that dualistic split of I'm here somehow, somehow in my body and I look upon a world which is separate from me and which is probably threatening a sense to live in a predatory universe and that is a distortion of reality. a mistake from which all war arises in and out of wars, the small ones and the big ones. Yeah, is there maybe a question? comment I want to make. Yeah, Emilia. All the meditation, I was feeling all the time like my hands, they were, oh, you mentioned what is the term, singing. But, 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 uh, 
Yeah, I think one can use awareness. Um, well, different people use the word awareness for different kinds of um, experiences or uh, so maybe it could maybe one could talk about conditioned awareness you know, SEM the, the conditioned level of mind and unconditioned awareness which is Buddha nature or Rigpa or um, but when I use the word awareness now I mean unconditioned awareness and it is a provisional step to uh, which might help us into the experience of non-duality uh, to distinguish these two as if they are two different things as if conditioned awareness and unconditioned awareness or uh, awakeness and fear are two different things but they are not What would be unconditional, unconditional? If I'm aware, if there is awareness of sound, so it's simply one, there is awareness of sound. Yeah. So I think that would be. That's, that's dualistic. dualistic. That's dualistic, but it, it, is, it is like a, it is kind of a platform or uh, which which maybe then leads into the experience that the sound and the awareness of the sound are the same thing and happening in the same place. So the dualistic experience is there is someone here hearing a sound. Yeah. And they are two different things. But awareness and, and the awareness and the sound, they are happening in the same place. They are the like the waves in the ocean are rising and they are also the ocean or something like that okay, so whenever in this kind of awareness of awareness meditation or meditating on the nature of mind if there's still a sense of an observer or a split between witness consciousness and that which is being witnessed that is still a dualistic, a dualistic meditation, which is good. I mean, it's not like uh, uh, there's nothing bad with that, but it's good to recognize it uh, as a dualistic meditation. And how this can become a non-dual meditation, nobody knows. <laughs> so that's so that, that, that's like that, that's like the so that, that's how far uh, any kind of study or training can bring us. But then to go over the threshold into the why, well, I mean, there's nobody going, but um, to go over the threshold, that that is. Uh, it's out of our control. So that's, you know, I, I said uh, before so that I used the 
the the word to reveal. So it, it's it's nothing. Yeah, it's something which happens or not. And there seems to be a correlation. At least that's what the Tibetan need to say, um, because otherwise <laughs> the whole tradition would collapse. But there seems to be a, a correlation between practice and the experience of or the arising of uh, the non-dual experience. There is a correlation, but there is also a big correlation between practicing and not experiencing non-dual awareness. Yeah, so it's I'm not I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure if one can really with one's whole heart um, sell uh, any kind of practice. But you know. There is, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. There seems to be a correlation. So even if you listen to teachers, you know, who say something like, "Yeah, yes, you already awakened," and you do, and the problem is that you don't recognize it, uh, and there's nothing to do, and I, I have nothing to teach, and things like that. If you look into the biography of these people, you know, they did all the things. And I don't know if it's somehow connected. From their perspective, uh, nothing what they did led them to where they always, always already were. That's from their perspective. Yeah. So they, they really wholeheartedly say, there's nothing to do. The problem is that you think that there's, a, that there's someone who needs to do something. Yeah, but then, if you look at their life, uh, but on the other hand, there's enough people uh, who demonstrate the opposite, you know, people who have deep awakening experiences without any kind of uh, background in any kind of spiritual traditions. So. But that's what we do now. Or that's what I do now. Yeah? Or that's what is happening here. That, uh, yeah, and I think it's anyway. Even if even if it doesn't lead into the non-dual experience, my practice, I have to do something with my time. And at least when I practice, I I I, I do less harm. Yeah, so there is like provisional benefits of practicing if it's done skillfully. Thank you. Anything else? Yes, may I say something? Sure. Thank you, Stefan, and hi, everyone. It was something you said about, uh, you used um, in the first meditation when you were creating this uh, feeling of safe, to be safe, then you chose not to say uh, imagine, but I heard, I heard you say, but accept. Was that the right thing, or right? What is what? 
No. I heard you say it. Yeah. I, I've, I've said, I'm, I consciously don't say, imagine you have a body of light. Mm -hmm. But what I say is perceive, perceive. the body of light. And that is to, to accept or to take it to you. Yeah, to, yeah to, to, to accept, to, to, to let it in that it is yeah. like that. It, it's yeah. like a discovery. It's not something like, yeah, in truth, this body is this made of atom. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then we imagine and we put a layer of light upon it. Yeah? So, um, yeah. Because the, what happened was, for me, it was a shift really important that I just dropped down into Earth. I just had the head, like a little mushroom. Mm -hmm. And I, I was totally safe. Yeah. Because I, I stopped struggling, imagining is this okay, is it good mm. enough, oh, it's just bullshit. You know, everything just... And I was not prepared, and that was lovely. Actually, I was so surprised mm, yeah. that this shift of words can be yeah. so... It, it is really important to choose words. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to say it was... Yes, and, and that's, uh, that's also why I constantly look for different words. And, mm. and, uh, and I throw a lot of different words I usually use more than one, two, or three words because uh, I'm hoping that at least one of them is landing, you know, in some of you. Yeah, and it will be different words for different for different people of you, of you. So, uh, and, and a word like space or uh, timeless, boundless. Yeah, so all these different words they don't really mean something, but. They can, uh, yeah, uh, they they, uh, they can trigger what you just experienced. So yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. The, the, the uh, Celia wrote the mushroom in the earth image is great. I agree. <laughs> Good. Because it's interesting because I, as an actress, work a lot with imagination and, you know, this word imagine, da, 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 da. But in this case, in this content, it was like uh, being free from something that I didn't know that I was mm. captured in. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Oh, thank yes, you. Yes, and this is, is, this is also connected with uh, the emptiness of everything, meaning nothing is what it seems to be from its own side, but it is what we what we make what we make it into. Mm. So if you have um, some contraction in your body and you call it contraction and dark and, and difficult and you call it maybe anxiety or something, and you make it into that which it is for you through through the concepts. So we can play with that perception by trying. Okay, when I if I see this as light, mm. what what happens if I see the the tension in my body as the great mother's love? And it's neither of 
both. It's neither the great mothers of uh, the the expression of the love of the mother, nor it is an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's neither of those. But it might be good for your health to see it as, as uh, mothers, uh, the, 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 the love of the Mother Earth, than uh, anxiety. The mother of squeezing me. Yeah. Yes. Something. Yeah. So that so that could be not a like a story which you could bring into the meditation. Like, oh, this is Mother Earth. Uh, this Mother Earth squeezing me with her with her tough laugh. Yeah, with her tough laugh. And then something might happen. Not necessary. Never for everyone. But something might happen, and you perceive that differently, what you're experiencing, just by changing the narrative around it. It's a mystery, and it's so exciting. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Anything else? Hey, Stefan. Hi. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, you you said something around the more we deconstruct ourselves, the less safe we feel in a way, because there's no one to be threatened. And I, I meant to say more safe. Yeah, more safe. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my experience currently is that the more I deconstruct itself, the less, the more kind of disoriented I can feel in. Mm. I feel very safe doing, you know, awareness of an awareness practice. And like daily life can feel a bit like, you know, having a role in a theater or in a dream, but like um, finding it hard to to find a purpose or finding a, mm. like, a, you know, I just like to sit on a, on a bench and look at the sun. Um, mm. I, I kind of a bit of a nihilistic, like, like um, you know, it's all just, conditioned awareness it's all just something we play and then what's kind of the meaning there's not a bodhisattva i need to go out and save the world i just like to drink a good cup of coffee and and just be and it feels good and yeah. it's disorienting it doesn't really yeah. pay the bills And then, yeah, even asking these questions, I'm, I'm like, um, and at least I'm, you know, making sure we, we made it to the full hour, but it's, it's also just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In...
So there is, um, in this kind of practices which you have been doing now for quite a while, there's often side effects. There's side effects in terms of destabilization uh, of, uh, you know, of losing Yeah, there could be also experience of meaninglessness, you know, things which were precious before, were meaningful, they lose their meaning. It might destabilize relationships, also intimate relationships. Um, so this kind of experience and um, I'm not, I, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, it sounded like, um, and it's very common, you know, everything what you said is very common, it, 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 and it's usually not, I mean, people are not, often not warned uh, of these side effects, you know, so that meditation uh, has, for most people, also a destabilizing, a confusing effect often as part of the journey. The thing is that you can't stop because you can't stop to know what you know already. You are on the hook, you are on the path. So it's too late for me to say, yes, drop it. You know, go back to your job and just just keep on believing that making your career and, and, and kind of playing your creativity in your job, you know, it's too late. I can't do that anymore. Uh, since that is the case, that you know, most of us, we are already in the stream. And, you know, and we... we, we we didn't decide, it just happened. Yeah? So now we are there, and there's no way back. And then this, you know, when this intensified, this kind of experience you just described, they call it the dark night of the soul in the Christian mystic, but now also some Buddhist teachers use that. Yeah? And uh, so it's good to know about that um, and, um, and to kind of give, give up this idea that uh, our meditation practice um, in short term you know, will just benefit us and it will just feel make us better, that's not going to happen. You know, serious meditation, serious spiritual practice always as a side effect well, always, I don't know always, but in most cases, it leads to experience you are describing. And then knowing that, okay, this is part of, uh, this is part of the journey, uh, and uh, then maybe then it's easier to hang in and, and, and to just continue. And uh, using the tools we have learned, 
uh, in this more dark periods or difficult periods or confused periods. And then at one point, awake awareness will work through you. And, and Jens is gone, or Jens, no, it's maybe not gone, but will be like a sight, a sight, uh, you know, in the movie, it will be like a little, a little me in the corner of the screen, yeah? Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the things to do in, in with this kind of experience is what you also just did, you know, to share it. Uh, so that people know and that that we know that uh, uh, short term our spiritual practice not necessarily needs into more well-being or more clarity in one's life or more, more clarity in one's relationship. To the opposite, it might fuck up the whole thing. It might fuck up your career, your marriage, friendships, But, no choice, you end up the stream. It is helpful, of course, in periods like this, when, when, we, are, when we can't access anymore some of the skills we usually use in daily life, to go slowly and to not to screw up too much, yeah? kind of to, to to hang in there. You know, use common sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jens. Thank you for sharing.